You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today to chat about her book. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online if you'd like to connect. Hello, everyone. So my name is Kimberly Sherman Cook, and I am the author of In the Shadow of 13 Moons. You can find me online at KimberlyShermanCook.com. I'm also on Facebook if you want to look me up there. Um, And I have a YouTube channel as well where I do a little bit of tarot um, revolving around the shadow. Uh, And that is also um, under my own name. So it's under Kimberly Sherman Cook. Perfect. Listeners, I will have everything linked over in the show notes as always. So you can check that out. So let us chat then about your book. Let's start there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Good places to start. (laughs) So So what can people expect? What is this about? If they have, if they aren't familiar with this, because some people might be. Yeah, some people might be. Um, The first release of the book was in 2010. So it has been circulating for a little while. Um, and then Crossed Crow uh, came up to me and kind of said like, hey, we'd love to um, bring this work back. We think it's important um, to be out there. And I was thrilled. Um, so I agreed, of course. And in the process of our conversations, uh, I had told them that I really wanted to kind of rewrite some of what was in there, not necessarily to remove anything. We actually didn't remove anything. Um, but just, you know, I feel like everyone as they go along in their practice you evolve and you change and you learn new things and you, uh, you know, kind of tweak old things. And uh, there was some things that I felt like either could have more explanation or new things I had discovered that I was like, oh, I would love to include these. Um, There were also some other things that didn't get into the first book um, for various reasons, mostly revolving around publishing. So it was a great opportunity to put those back into the book. So it was a really, uh, I had a lot of fun actually they gave me a lot of control over this uh, version of the book that's coming out. And so I'm really excited uh, to see it hit the market and to give people sort of a fresh set of eyes. The book itself is all about working with your shadow, uh, working with the dark moon and really reconnecting with that sort of lost piece of ourselves. It's become more popular in the last, I'd say like 10 years for people to kind of delve into that. But prior to that, there really wasn't a lot of material out there um, surrounding that topic and that subject. And I think it's a really important piece of paganism and and witchcraft in general. Um, You know, we talk a lot about balance, but there, for me, my journey kind of started there. Like it's, there was an imbalance, if you will, for me in my practice. Um, And it couldn't always be about the full moon (laughs) and all of that fun energy, which is fabulous fun energy. Um, but there felt like there was something missing. And, um, so the book really explores that side of the world. So working with that, that deeper self, that reflective self, um, and coming to a place of balance and, and not necessarily repeating those cycles that tend to lead us down paths that are not for our highest good or most productive, um, self. You touched on so many things that I, that I know, sorry. have follow-up questions on, but no, <laughs> first of all, I absolutely agree with you that the sort of dark moons shadow self work has been like becoming more popular in recent years, but previously 
nobody was really talking about that. That wasn't a topic that people kind of wanted to address and that maybe that comes from a place of being scared of that and being yeah. scared of what you might find. Uh, so could you tell the listeners a little bit about like, what even is the dark moon? Like, what are you sort of energies are you even working with at that point? Because <laughs> I think most are familiar with the full moon. Sure. Yeah, no, we definitely are. Right. That's kind of, I feel like that's, that's the basics. Like that's where we start, right. We all, we all are attracted to that full moon energy and that, that, um, sense of light and, and, um, magic, if you will, that, that comes with that. So the dark moon really is that period of time, just like the full moon, it kind of has a three day cycle. Um, so it's really that period of time where we see that very last little bit of sliver in the sky until we see that new sliver come back. Um, and you know, the apex of that being in that midpoint where it is dark and, and we don't have the moon in the sky, um, per se, but even though it doesn't appear that the moon is there, it is like, and you can see it. If you really look, you can see it, especially through a telescope or that kind of thing. Um, there's this kind of faint outline, but it's really about that, that energy of self-reflection and, and going deep and getting into that, you know, sort of painful place that we all, um, have within us where we've, you know, maybe stuffed emotions or hidden things or put things from our past that we don't really want to deal with. And unfortunately, you know, the downside of that is, is those cycles tend to repeat right in our lives. And we see them um, crop up in different places, or we've repeat the same patterns over and over again. And in order to break some of those cycles, we really have to look at those things. And the dark moon happens to be an energy that is really perfect for that. Because unlike the full moon where everything is illuminated, right, the dark moon really asks us to dig deep and look in and turn inward to see what are those things that we need to personally work on? What is that personal work we need to do? And the energy itself feels very different too. When you're working with a dark moon, um, I kind of describe it in the book, uh, but I feel like it's just so true is it's a very uh, sort of a thick, inky kind of feeling energy. It's It's not necessarily light and bright but it does move um and it's very fluid it's it's a very interesting energy to work with in a really positive way um and of course the purpose of that is not just to sit in that energy but to have it help us really dissect those things and break those energies apart so that we can bring them back into the light in a way that's going to be productive for us instead of um you know us being um succumbing to the cycle you know, we get to dictate what happens next. How are we going to free those energies up and use them in a way that is now going to be productive instead of that counterproductive piece? And that really um, is an important part of the practice and personal growth in general, because you can't have the, the light and the full moon without the dark. It just right. doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> the other fun Where thing that you do what? is work with a lot of dark moon deities too. Um, so you can work with those darker aspects. Like a lot of people like uh, Hecate um, is one that's really popular with a lot of people, um, but there's a lot of others. The Morrigan is another. There's a lot of really great gods and goddesses that we don't, um, I feel like they're underutilized, we'll say, <laughs> because we don't always work in those aspects. But when you are working with the dark moon, you get to explore this whole different sort of a, um, an energy that goes with that. And you do cover that in your book. You have a whole section on the deities. I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> 
I, I don't do any deity work in my practice. So I am really excited to chat about that because those, those two that you mentioned, the Morgan and Hecate come up all the time in questions that I get. And I'm like, I have no idea what, what to tell you, or but I can direct you to some great books about the topic, <laughs> right? Because they are just not two that I work with. Now, are they, do they come across as like a powerful energy or a quiet energy? How is it to work with these dark deities? So I think, you know, some of it depends on the person, Um, you know, whoever, you know, it's, it's really, I feel like it's one of those things that just like every person has a personality, every deity has a personality and it's really about what you need at that time. Um, I have some friends that, uh, you know, tell me stories and, and they're very powerful, you know, and, and very abrupt and very blunt. And this is what you need to do and get it done, you know? And then I have other friends who have uh, encountered deity in a different way, um, in a gentler way. So I think some of it is, you know, what you need, how you need to have that information presented to you. And I think choosing the type of deity that would work best for you is, is part of that journey. Um, you know, meeting with different guides and and kind of figuring that out. Do you think that your book is accessible to beginners then as well, or is it a more advanced practice? So I'd say generally speaking, it's more of an intermediate to advanced um, in many ways. But what I tried to do was make it accessible to everyone because I feel like there's value in it no matter where you are. If you're just starting your journey or you've been doing this for years, um, I think there's something for everybody in the book. I do feel like in the beginning chapters, I try to sort of map out for people if they don't have a lot of background um, in the craft to kind of map out like, what does this look like? How do I do this? Um, and it's probably the most boring part for most people that are, you know, more in that intermediate to advanced area. Cause they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kim, we've heard this before, you know? Um, and, and that's fine too, you know, but I tried to include, I try to include something for everyone. So, you know, if you're more of that intermediate or advanced, you're going to take the, you know, the pieces, the products that come out of those first couple chapters and utilize those, but you're going to make it your own flavor for whatever, you know, um, because it's not written for any particular, you know, style of, of the craft. So you can use it for any, you know, regardless of your background. Um, so I think for people to be able to take that and then make something out of it, there's, oh, you know, also work later in the book that I don't give as much explanation for because it is for more um, advanced uh, practices, people that have been practicing for a long time who, you know, are going to take that information and mold it into what is most beneficial for them. Um, so I try to, you know, guide enough without um, dictating or or trying to mold too much, you know, what the experience should be for people, because it is a very individualized experience, I think, for each individual. Which is great to have some content out there that is like that because there are a lot of beginner books and people are looking for the intermediary and advanced and sort of the what comes next. Right. To, to get to that point, you really have to dive in and start practicing and pick sort of one direction to go down. Like the beginner books cover every topic under the sun. And then when you focus in a little bit more like, okay, let's look at dark moon energy. Let's look at shadow work. Um, then it becomes a little more advanced. Right, right. Because you're taking a very specific lens and saying, okay, now let's go deeper with this. Yeah. Well, I would love to 
ask and chat about what your sort of history and journey was like in coming to the craft and in creating this book. Sure. So um, that's an interesting journey. (laughs) We could probably chat all afternoon about that journey, but um, I, so I started looking into the craft um, around the age of like 12 or 13. Um, and I won't tell you how old I am now, but it's been a lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, same. Well over 20 years. Um, so I started looking into things and started exploring some things. I did um, go through some really difficult things when I was a teenager, later teenager. And I felt like I was really lost. Um, so I started to practice I had friends who were kind of into, you know, the scene in general. And I started exploring, doing some things. I worked solitarily for a long time. And my practice sort of emerged initially from that. I feel like I've probably worked with the dark moon longer than I realize sometimes. (laughs) Um, So I started practicing and and finding different things because of some things that I went through when I was a teenager. there was definitely a lot of residual trauma um, that I had to work through. And I needed a modality to do that um, with that I felt was beneficial. And so it kind of, those things kind of fell into place over many years. It's It developed over, you know, probably a good 10 years. And I worked with other people that had a lot of good insights and ideas. And eventually uh, I worked with a coven for a while um, that I had put together of people who were willing to let me (laughs) guide them and take them on these crazy journeys to, um, you know, see where things went and and how far we could push the limits and and what kinds of things we could learn um, from that. And what came of that was really um, the base uh, for the shadow of 13 moons. And at the time I had a friend who said to me, you know, this should really be out there it should be out in the world. And I was like, you're insane. (laughs) You're insane. I don't think I could put myself out there like that. You know, she said, I really think you should. And, you know, I've always dabbled in writing anyway. Um, but I did, I started to, uh, I spoke with my guides and I started doing some work around it and I was like, all right, we'll see where this goes. Um, and the book essentially really the, the initial version of it, Um, really kind of wrote itself. And the further I got, the further I realized that it really did need to be, I felt like out there. I felt like there were a lot of people who probably walk around with this trauma and don't have a constructive way to move through it and move past it. And not just, you know, when I say move through it, I think our tendency is to kind of ignore it, but rather to run headlong into it and come out the other side of it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of like, I mean, a really, a really, really short synopsis (laughs) Um, in that time, like in between all of that, you know, I, I had done a lot of training in different um, traditions and um, I've worked with the sisterhood of Avalon for a lot of years. Uh, I also trained with the temple of witchcraft um, in conjunction with having worked on my own and um, worked in my own covens and things like that. So, yeah. Wow, that's like a lot of dedication and study in different areas. It is. Yeah. I love learning. I'm, I'm always about somebody teaching me something new. <laughs> that's that is fun. I know um, some people are strictly book 
learners and, and on their own. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people. So it's, I'm always interested to hear from people who have gotten together in groups and learned that way. I think that's fascinating. I've, I've never done it just because like, I'm such a, I don't know, like I have to do things for myself and like, I have to read it for myself. I've never been able to pay attention into a classroom. So I've never like tried to learn from like a group setting like that, but it's so interesting to me that other people do. I am. Yeah. I'm 100%. I can relate to a lot of that because I am kind of that way too. Um, but I find it. <laughs> so I'm really bad also at sitting and listening to lectures. Like I have a wicked case of ADHD when it comes to that, <laughs> like, okay, after 10 minutes, I'm going, what else can I be doing right now? <laughs> um, so I guess that was kind of how, you know, like when, when we initially started working together, that was sort of what came out of it was, you know, people were interested in what I was doing. And I was like, well, I guess I can show you. I don't know. Like, this is just me. This is what I do. <laughs> and we got into this whole journey and it was fun because it was a lot of hands-on. And that's, I think, the thing I enjoy most about working with other people in the pagan community is it's it's always a really interesting journey because there's always different personalities and there's always different energies that, you know, get brought to the table. And it's it's really fun to explore and experiment with that um, I feel like it's, that is an endless pool of learning, <laughs> Oh yes. but it's also very hands-on, which is like right up my alley. <laughs> and I think it would be nice to do some like dark moon work, or at least have some support of people around because that could be very difficult. Work. Right. It's yes. essentially therapy and that's hard. And it's hard to do that on your own. It, it is something, you know, you have to work through your emotions and things on your own. It's very personal, but it's nice to have a support system for that as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the things I talk about too, in the book is, is whether you have people in the pagan community and the witchcraft community or outside of that, you know, it's, it doesn't matter where your support system is, but it is important to have that really solid foundation because it is hard work. It's hard work and it tears you down and you have to be, you know, have to be willing or able to reach out to whether it's, you know, a, a therapist in the traditional sense or, you know, your support team or whoever else. So I was lucky that in the, in that particular time when we were really exploring some of those um, ritual aspects and things uh, I had, you know, the covenant to work with and, and those people to come together every month and, and really kind of explore that. Do you still do anything like that? Do you have any groups that you meet with regularly now? So I would love to start doing it again. <laughs> I don't currently. So currently I'm actually, I, I have a lot of friends, you know, within the community, but I do practice um, primarily solitarily uh, because in, in along my journey in the last um, 10 years, I had three children and uh, they're all in a, in different, you know, age groups right now. Um, well, I have a set of twins that are in the same age group, but um, so my life was very consumed for a while with, you know, raising very young children <laughs> and they're just finally getting to the point where they're, you know, they're all older. I have one now that's in middle school and, and the others are, are in elementary. And so, um, it's, you know, it, it's getting a little easier. I have a little more time to be able to, to dedicate to, you know, exploring things with a group again and that sort of thing. So I'm hoping to in the, in the near future. And I get back to that. I do do some online uh, groups like with Facebook and things like that, um, as far as like support communities and things uh, to be able to bounce ideas off of and um, explore different, different things. That's what I do too. I like the online community. I think that's just how our world is at this point. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. There's benefits to both. I feel like. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So do you have anything in your practice that you do semi-regularly? I don't want to say daily because I know with kids, that's incredibly difficult to, to make sure <laughs> doing something every single day, but is there anything you do regularly? Uh, yeah, there's a few things that I do regularly. Um, so I'm an Avatera reader. So that's one of those things I usually look to, um, you know, for a quick thing in the morning, you know, like about my day or what's going, you know, what kinds of energies might present themselves. Um, I also practice, I'm a firm believer in practicing gratitude um, and, you know, also acceptance and forgiveness. So that is definitely part of my daily. Um, I try to take a few minutes in the morning and in the evening to do that uh, affirmation work around, um, you know, that those pieces of gratitude, those things remind to remind myself to, um, and also give thanks to the people and the support teams that are around me, you know, in various aspects of my life. Um, so those would be the things I feel like on a daily, daily basis, um, that I do without fail. And then of course, you know, there's a lot of, anytime I have an opportunity to go out into nature and hike around or meditate or any of those things, um, those are always just great little magical moments that, you know, can deliver a lot of insight. Absolutely. Do you, at this point, do anything for every single dark moon cycle each month or is it something like you until you have something that you need come up in your life uh no I do I honor the dark moon I try to honor the dark moon I should say <laughs> every month and I'm aware you know it's one of those I'm aware sometimes it's, it is just a quick meditation or that kind of thing um other times it might be a full ritual it just depends on you know kind of what's happening in my life at that moment and also um, where I'm going, you know, in that cycle. So if there's, if there is just, um, you know, a one cycle thing that I need to look at, or is this a longer, you know, as you, as you get further along in practicing the dark moon, you know, there's times where you might do a three month cycle, um, or a one month cycle or a nine month cycle, you know, just depending on what it is that you really need. Um, so it just depends on, you know, the work that I'm doing in a given moment. I was doing a lot more, during the editing and revising um, process, I really kind of delved into working with the dark moon a little more ritualistically um, at that time, because I really wanted to make sure that the energies that I was bringing and introducing into the book uh, really made sense to be there. So, um, you know, there's, th there's times like that where I, you know, will delve more deeply. And then there's other months where um, I feel like just, you know, honoring those, um, you know, my team and honoring the, you know, the moon itself and the energies that that brings and just reflecting on, you know, the past month and what I've brought in and what I've taken away, you know, what might need to still go as far as, you know, assessing those energies and figuring out what's working and what's not. I think that's a good practice to to every month. I wish right. I was more regular about that. Um, but I'm I'm the same way as you that like I sometimes turn to it more when there's something going on in my life or something comes up. And I wish that I was a little more regular about like doing checking in every month and not just when there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's our tendency though is is human beings, right? We get <laughs> yeah. we get wrapped up in all of the other things that are going on in the world. And um sometimes we forget to you know, that's why I try to make it that like, even if I just, you know, it's less ritualistic and I'm just spending a minute to honor that, um, you know, kind of just doing like a check-in. <laughs> 
I know I, I am trying to be better about that. And I say that in the podcast all the time. And I'm like, you know, don't just turn to witchcraft when there's a problem. You can also do witchcraft for like joy and happiness and just celebration. And that's not just right. for the Sabbaths. You can do that all the time. And like, I don't even take my own advice. <laughs> right. I will say one of the things I've learned since having children is how to find the magic in the moment and have it be less ritualized. Um, you know, I think previous to having children, there was all this time, there's plenty of time and energy to spend on that kind of, you know, uh, having more elaborate, you know, times for, for rituals and things like that. And kids really teach you, um, to reorganize and, and think about and recognize really, you know, the magic that happens in a moment without us even really acknowledging it. Um, so yeah, anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm like digressing. <laughs> no, I love it. Do your kids participate in anything with you? Any sort of spells and rituals? Um, they do actually. So that's been, that has been a more recent thing. So, <laughs> so I'll tell you a funny story. When I, when my son, my youngest, sorry, when my oldest son was in first grade, um, he thought it was hysterically funny because we've always been very open, you know, about, um, just our practices and, you know, what our beliefs are in the house. So he, he decided to tell his teacher that she needed to be careful because his mother was a witch. <laughs> Excellent. Love first grader. Right. I was like, well, okay. So let's have a conversation about when it's appropriate. <laughs> it was very funny, but I actually knew who she was. So, um, so it was hysterical because she said to me, I just have to tell you that your son decided to tell me that I had to be careful because you were a witch. And I said, oh, well, you better watch out then. <laughs> oh, kid. <laughs> it was very, very funny. But yeah, so my kids have always known, you know, witchcraft is definitely part of our life. We celebrate the turning of the wheel. We talk about the deities and all of those things. Um, and my son actually is just, uh, my oldest is just at a point where he's coming of age. So that um, has put new requirements in his life. But um, he there, so they participate in all of those things. We don't push them to, you know, to believe any particular thing, um, or believe in any particular way, because I feel like that is something they need to choose for themselves as they grow up. But we certainly introduce the different ideas. I'm also very big on, you know, allowing them to explore anything. So if they ask me, you know, about Catholicism or Christianity or Judaism or any of those things, I'm very open with them about my knowledge and, you know, I'm, I always tell them like, look it up, you know, check it out. I can't tell you what fits for you. Um, but so we do, we do rituals here and they are participating in those and they're starting to learn, you know, the different pieces of, you know, casting the circle and calling the quarters. And, um, it's really a fun and eye-opening experience to do it with children. <laughs> Cause again, you find those really interesting moments. Um, we did a, a ritual recently, um, for Imbolc and, there was, I forget exactly what happened with the candles, but there was something going on with the candles um, on the altar. And one of my twins looked at me and he said, hey, mom, clearly the goddess is happy with what we're doing. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. You know, I was like, they're just, they're really, it's fascinating to me. They're just very, children in general are just very accepting of like, the world is what it is, you know? Um, and yeah, they, they'll tell me little things all the time that I'm like, okay go for it buddy like if that is you know if that's how you feel if that's how you're being directed then then sit with that you know um so I just thought it was cute you know that he was he was very aware of that <laughs> that that's sweet I mean kids are smarter than we give them credit for oh 100 and they feel oh, energies in ways that we don't even anticipate they're going to and then you're like oh 
Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My mom always tells stories like from my childhood of like my quote unquote imaginary friend who was like a young girl who would only visit me at night, like through my closet. I'm like, mom, that was a ghost. Like, <laughs> come on. Right. Like, that we talked about like during the day, like never played with only came like once a month. I was like, mom, that, that was a ghost. Like, just... Right. Right. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because my kids, uh, you know, w- that's another thing we don't, we don't, um, you know, shy away from in my house. And so my kids will tell me like, Hey mom, there was this, uh, there was this dark figure kind of floating through my room last night. I'm like, oh, okay. Did it bother you? No. All right. Then we're good. <laughs> you know? So it is funny how like, right. The, if we don't shun them from, from telling us about things like that, you know? Right. Yeah. And don't brush it under the table. Like, right. It's just imaginary or something or something to fear. Yeah. That... Discount it in some way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I love stories like that they, there's just like so much energy and things that they can pick up on it helps us as well yes it does absolutely like i said it's those mad those moments it, it makes you really stop and go oh you know it doesn't need to be a big moment it doesn't need to be a big ritual it can be sort of a mundane activity that becomes magical you know which is my favorite type of witchcraft and magic in general like let's just turn this simple mundane moment into something magical i don't need a big elaborate ritual Yep. Yep. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. I mean, big elaborate rituals are fun, but I don't like the cleanup. So (laughs) (laughs) that's my reasoning. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. They are fun, but it's a, it is a whole, it's a different animal, you know, it takes a different (laughs) level of work. So (laughs) indeed. Well, if somebody were going to be diving into dark moon, shadow self, reading your book for the first time, is there any advice that you would offer something that when you started, you wish you would have known? Um, I think a couple of things. First and foremost, don't be afraid of yourself. You're dealing with yourself. It's just you. Um, it's not, you know, you are who you are and the events that you went through that created those shadows are at this point memories they help to shape you but they don't make you so i think that's one of those things that that is really important the other thing i would say is don't be afraid to try things if it's what you feel in your gut try it because there's got to be a reason that you're drawn to it you know if it's a particular stone or an herb or um, a ritual setting or practice Um, If you're drawn to it, there is no right or wrong. There's no concrete have to. It's really fluid and it's really, it should be somewhat creative. Um, I feel like when I first started working, I felt like I was in this like taboo zone. (laughs) Like this is probably not okay, right? (laughs) That people do this. And this is like, feels completely normal and natural to me, but this is probably freaky to people. Um, so, you know, just that sense of it's, it's not weird. It's not freaky. It's not creepy. It's, it's normal. It's a normal part of that. And then the last thing I would say to people is just don't be afraid to take it slow. A lot of people, I feel like rush headlong in and feel like it's all going to get done tomorrow. And the reality is, is it won't. And it's been there probably for a long time in your life and it's not going to go away in a week. It's kind of like losing weight. <laughs> I tell people I've been losing weight my entire life. <laughs> it never <laughs> works. No, it does work. But, um, but you know, it's just that, that understanding that if you don't do the next ritual the next month, because you're still stuck 
in the first part of the book or you're still on chapter one and you did the thing in the, you know, the activities chapter one, but you don't feel like you're done yet. That's okay. There is no timeline that is, you know, a have to, it's a want to, it's, it's what you want or need in that given moment. And there's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we, we feel like sometimes in society in general, you know, that we're constantly on this like hamster wheel that we've got to race to the next thing, do the next thing, get the next thing right. And everything has to be perfect all the time. Shadow work is messy. <laughs> it's really messy and that's okay. <laughs> that is, that's great advice. Yeah. I think we all suffer from that instant gratification where, you know, we decide we want a milkshake and we can order it and have it delivered to our door in 20 minutes at eight o'clock at night. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a gratification where we want to, we see something on a commercial and we buy it at Amazon. He has it here by seven o'clock the next morning. That's, it's tough to live in that world and then turn around and do all of that shadow work and just witchcraft in general and realize that none of it is going to be instant gratification. Nope. And it all moves <laughs> on its own timeline. <laughs> It really does, <laughs> which, you know, is a lot of times is fun. It can be frustrating, but that's kind of like the joy in it is, is taking that time for yourself. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, down the road, when that thing does come back around, you're like, oh, there you are again. <laughs> but look, I actually needed you right now. I guess I really didn't need you six months ago when I cast that <laughs> spell, but uh, you got here and you got here right when I needed you. <laughs> It is always, it's great to see how that works. I love yeah. watching that unfold. Yeah. Sometimes the universe knows better than we do, I think. <laughs> oh, pretty much always. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for being here today and chatting about your book, your story, your kids, all of that. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. I, it's been great to come on with you. Um, it's been a really fun afternoon. So I appreciate that. And listeners, I will have everything linked so you can check out the book, dive into some shadow work if that's what you are looking to do. Highly encourage it. And uh, I know that a lot of you have been asking about Dark Moon Deities, so this is going to be right up your alley. <laughs> and that is everything that I have for you this week. I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.